God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child, listen. Do you know what time it is? It is time for the Woman Evolve podcast. I am your host, Sarah Jakes Roberts, and I want to start off this podcast by singing a song. What? Yes, because let me tell you how the devil is busy and how he will never win. Um, Today has tried to stress me out. I have been trying to work out. I have been trying to mind my business. And I have been semi-successful in that pursuit. But um, there comes a point throughout the day where you just have to decide to yourself, self, you can't have my joy. And since I have come to that place, I need to sing a song because when the joy is trying to be taken from you, you have to sing above it or rise above it, allegedly, whatever they say. Kumbaya, my lord. Hey, Trina Kia, how you doing? Kumbaya. Jermisha, the delegation is reporting in from Houston. Kumbaya, my lord. Come on, somebody. Kumbaya. First of all, I feel like I need to really be a singer. I feel like... God is ready to release the gift of singing down in my spirit. Brittany Shavers is in the building. What's up, Catherine Z? For those of you guys listening for the first time, let's be clear. I'm not by myself. I'm never solo dolo because the Woman Evolved delegation is always in the building to help your girl out. Catherine Z said, it's been a tough week and it's only Tuesday. And she is not lying. It has been too much to handle And it's just Tuesday. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sing my way through. Kumbaya. I'm waiting on the rest of the delegation. Kumbaya, my Lord. I need a lower register. Um, Here's the thing. Sometimes you just have to tell life that it can't be the boss of you. And that you are the boss of life. I don't know what your week is like, but it should have just gotten better because the delegation has connected. I have one question and one question only. Are you drinking your water? Are you minding your business? I am um, Facebooking live from my office and I am trying to keep up with the comments, but they look like they didn't want to scroll for me. Okay, Latia Sprig says, we'll sing then. Sing, sing your song. What do you want to sing? Wanda John Miller says, hello, beautiful lady. She's chiming in from Charleston, South Carolina. Joy White says, we all hold hands and sing. First of all, what do y'all know about Kumbaya? I know y'all know about Hillsong. I know y'all fool with Tasha Cobbs. But what I'm saying is, what do you all know about Kumbaya, my Lord? First of all, somebody's singing, Lord, Kumbaya. I wish I had some real people in this place who understood when a song is being sung and needs to be respected. Vic Hope says here, Victoria from Alexandria, Virginia, love your podcast and we love you. Pray for us in Beaumont. We had another massive flood from the storm. Sorry to hear that. Definitely going to be praying for you guys. Jessica says, I've been drinking my water, but not working out. I went to um, the place, the orange place today and I did not enjoy myself because 
I just didn't. I feel like the enemy is after my knees in this season. I feel like ever since Megan Thee Stallion had uh, the Strong Knee Gang Committee rise up this summer, that they're off. That they're after all kingdom knees. I don't know what part of the kingdom you're serving in, but I want you to know that they're after your knees in this season. I had to do some squats and some lunges today, and my knees weren't responding the way that they're used to responding. I can only summarize this as an attack from the enemy. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're doing. But what I'm saying is you need to stretch your knees out. You need to stretch your legs out. They're out here after our knees. Let's see what the delegation is doing. Lanisha says, today was terrible, but this is the highlight. Brittany Shaver says, I just came back from vacation and got on the scale, so I'm going to Orange Theory in a few hours. Girl, forget the scale. And you was on vacation living your life. That's all that matters. Don't let that scale come in here busting up your joy. No one has time for that. Takesha Price says, I can't wait to see you in Columbus next week. I'll be traveling from Michigan. For those of you who don't know what she's talking about, she's talking about the Night in the Wild Tour, honey. And when I tell you we are hitting seven cities and we are hitting them as strong as they come. But first, we'll be in Baltimore on Friday at the Model Lyric with our friends, the Phillips. If you're in Baltimore and you weren't able to make it to a night in the wild, why don't you come holla at us? Shakina Small says, I had to sing it dealing with passengers this weekend, flight attendant struggles. Shakina, let me tell you something. I do not envy you all's position because people be on planes talking crazy to flight attendants. I try to be as nice as I can when I'm on the plane because, listen, she didn't have nothing to do with your flight being delayed, okay? So how about that? Joy White says, I've lost eight pounds and drank my gallon already before 9 p.m. Joy White says, I'm goals, and I can only agree with you. Kelly Taylor says, I need help not drinking water or working out, but I've been minding my business. Oh, bless his name. Well, honey, you're holding down the most important part of the delegation stipulations by minding your business. And if we all mind our business, we won't care about your water or your working out. This is just our time to just try and have a little bit of accountability. But at the end of the day, you, you must do every day. Boo. Casey Anthony says, keep me in your prayers. I'm trying to pass a kidney stone and it is and it is so much pain, girl. I'm sorry. I've never experienced that before. So we are praying for you, Casey. All right, listen. You know what time of the week it is. It's time for us to see who we will rescue and who we will leave into the Lord's hands for deliverance. I just want you guys to know that there are some stories here and I don't know how they're going to land. There are a few stories that I immediately passed up because I have neither the time nor the resources to fully defend these people. Let me tell you my role if you're listening for the first time. So Rescue Eve, we rescue people who are in the news for some reason, generally an outlandish reason or maybe a misunderstood purpose. And we try to come here and we try to reason together and we try to see things from a different perspective. And so... Um, there are some people, though, my role in this is to sometimes play the devil's advocate and to try and defend people who may not be defendable. Other times I forget my role and I be dragging people in a way that is not Christ-like, but he is not done with me yet. Uh, hopefully that won't be the case this week, but I'm telling you right now, somebody's uncle... Somebody's uncle is out here playing games. His name is Paul Nixon. Paul Nixon is 51 years old. He is from Harris County, Texas, and he is wanted by cops for forging his wife's name and the name of a notary on legal papers in a failed attempt to file for divorce without telling the woman, sir, sir, you can't do that, sir. 
everyone needs to be involved in the process. You you can't, sir. I don't I don't understand why you would think that you could do this. Um, I don't know if we're trying to avoid some type of payments here. I don't know. I don't know if my girl is crazy. There was a time in my life where people had to walk on eggshells around me too. But what I'm saying is, you can't legally. You cannot. The Harris County Constable Mark Herman says we rarely see something like this. In this particular case, the gentleman decided to go through a divorce, but the only problem is he left his wife out of the process, and that's a violation of the law here in Texas. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We are going to try and rescue him. We're going to try and think of all of the possible reasons you would not tell someone that you were planning on filing filing divorce and signing the papers without them. Here we go. Who's ready? Maybe... Maybe my girl is Eve, and maybe she knows better, but she doesn't do better. And maybe he didn't even want to fool with her. I don't know. Nikelia says he is too old to be cutting up in this manner. I can only agree. Jasmine says not somebody's uncle. Indeed, someone's uncle is out here cutting up. Brittany says, that's a blessing in disguise. Let him go. LaRonda says, I ain't mad. Sis probably was a beast. This is what I'm saying, because some of y'all know. Now, I know y'all saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, but some of y'all know that it's a reason why people would keep things from you, because, listen, you don't know how to act. God is working on you. He's trying to get your mind together and keep it in perfect peace. But let me tell you, I've seen the comments and I've seen the DMs and I've seen some things that make me believe that some people are not capable of handling situations. Trina Keen says, and we're back. Oh, child, my phone wanted to die. Who we said, girl, we trying to save somebody's uncle out here filing for divorce. Nick Petty says, maybe he's just the king of petty. Save the faux ex-wife. Monica says he was probably scared of her. She might be crazy. And it ain't nothing wrong with being crazy. First of all, let me say that. It ain't nothing wrong with being crazy. You just got to know when you're crazy. Take me, for instance. I can tell when that side of me is ready to start being crazy. And you just got to know that. Jessica Storr says, maybe sis is about that life and doesn't know the Lord yet. That's what I'm saying. Catherine Z says, maybe the wife is crazy. We don't know his testimony. So can we rescue him? He he tried it. He tried to avoid, um, you know, doing things the legal way. But is this worthy of a rescue? He was trying to run, but no, sir, you can't do this. Jessica says, this is a little too big to keep a secret. It is huge. First of all, sir, how are you going to get a whole divorce? Maybe they wasn't living together when it happened. Because how 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 are you going to have a whole divorce and, and not tell me until after it's done? This what probably, this is a story that I want to go with. Maybe he was trying to keep his coins. I ain't mad at the hustle. You, you got to try and keep your coins out here. But legally, if sis got a right to some coins, you got to give sis some coins. I'm sorry about that. Ashley says, y'all, he showed up to court with his new wife. No, Ashley, how you know, girl? Was you at the courthouse? Kiera says, I think she should have been informed she was going to find out anyway. No rescue. Marquita says, facts, nothing wrong. It's the people who don't think they crazy that you have to watch. Exactly. Okay, so listen. I did not realize that uncle already had somebody come get your uncle. I didn't realize that uncle already had a new wife. Um, We're not going to be able to save him. I thought that maybe for safety or security precautions, he did this, but we can't, you, 
you can't divorce me without telling me and then have a new wife. I can't imagine a world where that's even possible. Um, so how about that? We're, I, I don't know if the rest of the delegation is in on this or not, but I think that we're all going to decide not to rescue. So Bianca says, nope, no rescue. You still have to abide in the law, crazy or not. Get a restraining order. Keisha Hayward says, not a new wife. Let her save him. Well... That sums that up. We're going to let his new wife save him because we out here saving our own men or saving ourselves for our man. We don't have time to be saving people who forging documents. I tried. I failed. And you got to learn to move on. There's nothing wrong with failing and moving on. You got to know. Don't believe that whole if at first you don't succeed, get up and try again. That's not true all the time. Sometimes if you fail, you need to move on. And that's what's happening on this here story. So we thank you, Uncle, for your contribution to our girl time. But we're going to let you... Um, um, swim a little bit longer until thus saith the Lord. My next rescue. My next rescue. I don't. Okay. Coco Austin. Coco is Ice T's wife, and she's also a model. And she recently posted a picture of her breastfeeding her three and a half year old daughter. And she says that um, the practice is more of a comfort thing now. And of course, she eats regular, but nap time and nighttime are our time. I'm lucky she hasn't grown out of it yet because when that moment comes, I will be so sad. It's the best feeling in all mothers that nurse know. The star then directed followers to her blog if they wanted to read more, concluding her caption with the hashtag normalized breastfeeding. And, and I breastfed Ella for 18 months and it was a beautiful bonding experience as a mother. Ella is now about three and a half years old and she eats chicken. Mm -hmm. She eats steaks occasionally. She eats, what I'm saying is this, she eats things, she has things that she, I can't, mm-mm. Um, and I do think that we should normalize breastfeeding and I do think um, that you should be able to do whatever you want to do. That's all I'm saying. A lot of people took issue with this three and a half years of breastfeeding, and I just wanted to know what the delegation thought about it. Um, I think it is her business. I just don't know that my three and a, oh, I do know actually that my three and a half year old could never and would never be able to. Uh, Miss Andrew says, comforting for who? Too much, too far. Jamisha said, how old is the child? It's a no for me. Three and a half. I did 18 months with Ella. I'm not I'm not a hater at all. Jamisha says, I think after 24 months, it's time. LaShawn says, absolutely no rescue for sis. That's a whole child with teeth, with big teeth, with huge adult teeth, okay? Um, Kristen said, oh, H, no, not a three-year-old. Praise the Lord, everybody. Karen says, I'm crying. Ella eats big people's food. She can't be fooling around. It'll never come out is what I'm saying. Maria Jones says she has to take it away slowly. I did it for when they was half is the longest child. I need you to send me that comment again because it's moving fast and I think it was a typo. Ashley says, my baby just turned three Sunday, and I told him we are done. He's been begging since Sunday, but I put my foot down, and he eats more than my seven-year-old. That's what I'm saying. Your appetite is what I'm concerned about. It's not even that I don't think it's cute or bonding. I'm sure there are elements of that. But your appetite, your appetite, okay, that's it. That's all I'm saying. Nick says, wouldn't be me, but if it works for her, Kanye Shrek, that's right. And you know what, Bianca? 
Bianca Blakely said, raise your child the way you want to. It's not my business. LOL. You show right. So I'm just saying that we should rescue then. We should rescue Coco. We should rescue the baby. And we should mind our business because even though it's not for us, it's not our cup of tea. Um, it is obviously someone else's. Three and a half is old. I guess maybe I was taken aback because when I saw Ella walking around while reading this story, I just couldn't imagine it. Ella is almost, Ella likes to be carried. She's like, pick me up, pick me up. And I'm like, Ella, you got legs and thighs. Like when you were first a baby, you just had legs because you was just so small. All you had was legs. You didn't even have no thigh and no calf. But now that you have raised, been raised up in the Lord, you got thighs and calves. You got a whole part of your leg system. You need to use them and see what the Lord will do with you when you use them. Jermisha says we have to mind our business and save this. Trenakia says that baby needs more than that. But she getting more than breast milk. She getting all of the things, all of the things. Andrea says once mine bite bit me at nine months, I was done. Monica Gary says rescue and guide her to the pond. Okay, it sounds like we're going to rescue and we are going to mind our business Tominique says, can someone rescue me? My 15-month-old won't let me be. I'm definitely not going to three. Girl, 15 months, you still got about three three to four, five, six more months in you. But three, that's that's a lot of time. Pearl says, is it even healthy? But, hey, we minding our business, so we're rescuing. All right, rescue. Rescue the baby. Terrica says, rescue the baby. She's hungry. Janet, he's, I want to say, I'm not going to, the enemy won't have it. Jatanzala. Jatanzala Harris says, send her a pool noodle. I'm not sure about a life jacket. We're going to send her a pool noodle and we're going to let them be rescued together, I guess. Ashley says, save her. Let her do her. Maybe she's numb at this point. All right. All right. We rescuing. Rescuing. Two, two adults. We rescuing two adults. This is two rescues because um, at three and a half, that's two whole rescues y'all done gave out. Because that's a whole person and another whole person. But if they connect it, if it's nursing time, then they be connected. I don't know. All right. So that's Coco Austin, who we're going to rescue. And little baby Coco Austin, whose name I did not write down in this article, but who knows the Lord and the Lord knows her. Amen. Amen again. So listen. This is the story I've really been waiting to get to because I need to know what the delegation thinks about this. This story has been circulating on my timeline. I've seen lots of people with lots of different opinions about this, and I am curious to know what you think. Singer Fantasia was on The Breakfast Club this week, and she is getting some serious side eye for her relationship advice. The 35-year-old woman said that women need to submit to their man, among other things. Most women are trying to be a leader. That's why you can't find a man. You can't be the king in the house. Fall back and be the queen and let your man lead the way, she told The Breakfast Club. I should have tried to get me a Fantasia voice from Target before I did this because Fantasia got a beautiful voice. And if I would have read this in a Fantasia voice, it would have been great. Um, Anywho, she also said, 
it's a generational curse and how society has placed our men and how women have to stand up to be the mother and the father and the provider. So now you are so bad that you can't be told nothing that when the right man come, you lose him because you're trying to be the man. That was, I, that was my attempt at a Fantasia voice. Not sure that it was good. And Lord knows if I try to sing, it won't work. But what do you guys think about this notion of submission? Is it old school? Is it churchy? Is it just religious or does it have merit? Tina Diller says, yes, this is a good one. Definitely need to be talked about. Jessica says she should not be given. Why she can't give advice? Shardell says, oh, that's something else. Um, Let me see. Vanilla says submit to their husbands. That's the word. Shay says child only submitting if he following Christ. Keila says loved her advice and her husband response made it all make sense. Nailita says she cleared it up with her husband. It was good. I actually saw the voice. Um, I'm sorry. I'm reading the comments and trying to think. Jasmine says this voice. I am screaming. Jasmine says no, you didn't try to do her voice. I tried. I failed. Can y'all rescue me? Anywho. Let's stay focused on what's happening here. Y'all so distracted. Listen, I saw the response from her husband and I totally agree that he did add some perspective to what she was saying. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, of course, I don't know what happens in other cultures, but I do want to say a lot of times in um, African-American cultures, sometimes like this notion of like women are trying to be a leader and that's why we can't find a man is something that is said over and over again. And I think that there are certainly maybe some instances where that's true, but I think that we can't... um, just summarize everyone to fit into that category because the truth is as a former single former single mother that there were a lot of times where I did have to man up and be the leader in my household and once you've had to take care of yourself and be independent or you've seen your mother take care of herself and you haven't been raised maybe with a male presence or you had a toxic relationship and decided to leave and kind of take care of yourself and take care of you and your children it's difficult to just kind of like switch out of that pathology so that you can make space for another person. And I think that maybe submission is a big like (laughs) cuss word for women because it just comes down to like, you know, this notion of you're going to do what I say do. And I think that any man that sees submission that way is not the kind of man that anyone would want to be in a relationship with. But I do think that like, Submission for me in my marriage is me like laying down my need to be in control and including someone else in my decision making. And my husband includes me in his decision making, too. At Woman Evolve in 2018, my husband preached a message that was basically about a woman being a man's equal and how when those two counterparts come together, then they become unstoppable and they become a force. And so I do think that as we continue to have this conversation, about like what it means to submit that we do have to see ourselves um, in a position where we value the other person because it's difficult to submit to someone you don't. And I, I wish there was another word besides submit because I think that it has been taken so out of context and it has been so abused that it feels like not even, you know, copacetic to even say it but I do think that like 
once again, I do think that we have to really revisit this conversation because ultimately it's about partnership. Like me submitting, I'll give you an example. So like my husband, there's a way that I take home that he doesn't really care for because it's back streets and he feels like it's not safe. And um, he told me that and I took that route a few times and he was like, oh, you taking that way? I don't like you taking. And I was like, yeah, it's really faster. My bad, homie. And I tried to make a conscious effort from that point forward to not take that way home. And to me, that's like a simple example of submission. Now, mind you, part of the reason why I can submit to that, even though it took me some time to do it, is my husband knows the city. My husband has a safety and security perspective that I'm not considering when I'm just thinking of the fastest way to get home. So for me, submission is when you feel like someone else's perspective or someone else's opinion about a matter um, is more inclusive or has more details than yours, then submitting is not about, well, I just want to get home the fastest route. It's about saying I may end up taking the longer way home, but at the end of the day, if it adds a level of safety and security to you and a level of peace, well, to, to both of us, if I'm safe, and then it adds peace to you, then I'm willing to do that. And I think that that submission, it's not like he wakes up and he tells me what I can eat for breakfast or he tells me how I should live my life, but he does offer me a perspective that when I receive that perspective and apply that perspective makes him feel validated in his role in being a partner in our relationship. And I'm just going to say one more thing, and then I'm going to ask the delegation what they think about this admission thing, is like one of the reasons why I think that we should be a little bit more open to this notion of partnership slash submission is that like we have submitted to people who were not doing us right. Like I cannot tell you how many letters I get, how many experiences I have been in personally where it came down to what well, I just want the man to make a decision and I just want the man to act right and I just want the man to do X, Y, and Z. So like whether we are intentionally or consciously doing it or not, like we have submitted our hearts, our future, our finances to men who did not show themselves worthy, who were not submitted to God and did not have a, um, a strong relationship with Christ or a motive to continue to grow and evolve in who they are as people. And we submitted to them and would have settled for the little whatever they was given us, bag of Skittles and whatever else to make us smile. And at the end of the day, if we could submit to someone who is lesser than, if God really brings someone into our life who we honor, who we value, who we trust has a relationship with God and has a conviction to do right and be a good person, then like why not allow someone to be a part of your decision making? It doesn't mean that you lose control. It should make you better. Like when you submit, it should make you better. Lauren says, our problem is that we don't have men doing us right. And so we don't trust them to submit to them. That's exactly what I'm saying. But those men who don't do us right, we end up submitting to. So it's like, if you would submit to a man who's not doing you right, why not submit to somebody who is doing you right? Have some stipulations for your submission, but still. Kimberly Yvette says she knew what she was trying to say. She just didn't know how to word it. Didn't y'all watch her Lifetime movie? Oh, <laughs> uh -huh. okay, then rescue this sister. D'Angela Johnson says, when we talked through the door... When we walk through the door, we can simply hang up our superwoman cape and thigh-high boots and know that we don't have to do it on our own. Kiana says, child, let me readjust myself because this word here, uh-oh, let me see. Tamika says, we submit to food, thoughts, things that don't serve us, period. Let's see. Jamisha says, submitting to your husband should bring protection, security, and growth because our husband has our best interests at heart. So... 
the other thing is like, I think that this scripture needs to be read in context because when we talk about submitting to a husband, there, uh, Paul is ultimately writing about a husband should be to his wife what Christ is to the church. So I'm going to read this real quickly to you guys because this has been like not under my skin, but I've been looking at it obviously since it's been in the news. Give me a minute to turn to my Bible. Okay. If you're turning to your Bibles with me. Stand by. I'm trying to pull it up. Okay. Use a lie. Okay, so Ephesians 5. You, you know how your Bible app tried to tell you something and it wasn't true? Okay, Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. So that's generally when our neck gets to twisting and our eye gets to rolling. Like, ain't nobody the head of me. Blah, blah, blah. Right? But just listen. Stick with me. I'm going to bless you, I think. And if you disagree, it's all right. It's all love. I'm cool with this. Therefore, just... Just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. But this is the part. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify. This is Jesus, that Christ might sanctify and cleanse the church with the washing of water by the word, that Christ might present to her present her, the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So when a husband receives his wife's submission, when a man receives the submission of a woman, his role and responsibility in that is to cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. He's supposed to speak over her things that cleanse and purify her soul, that fixes her insecurities, that make her a better woman. Why does he do this? Because he is supposed to present back to himself a glorious version of who his wife is that doesn't have any spots or wrinkle or any such thing so that she can be holy and without blemish. Now, after reading that, all of these jokers out here talking about they will receive submission, but don't know how to cleanse nobody with the washing of the water or present a clean, spotless, glorious wife. Like that's the gaggy is that men need to not be receiving submissions until they know how to do something with some submission. And that's the reason why a lot of us cringe when we hear the word, because a lot of us haven't experienced that. I'm blessed that my husband has done exactly this. He has done exactly this in my life. He has spoken over my life. He has, um, oh my gosh, like shown me a version of myself I never thought I could be. But I had to be willing to trust his perspective. And when I trusted his perspective over my insecurities, over my fears, over my anxiety, I became better. So like when... We always talk about like relationship goals sometimes when we see like a picture of my husband and I, I see that a lot or maybe like Sierra and her husband. Like part of that was me submitting to your perspective on who I am and who I have the potential to be in the world. And I don't know. I think that we should really just look at this deeper. Latoya says that's the problem right there. They are not ready for submission. Hasanti says, it's funny reading these comments because people know what the Bible says, but people saying no to the Bible. <laughs> 
Um, Barbara says, hi, his low about that, stop receiving them. His low about that, stop receiving. You have to send that again to me, okay? Natasha Kelly says, yes, walk that word and break it down for us. Lakeisha says, that is a whole word. Angela says, that's correct. Submission goes both ways. Vivian says, Paul wasn't married, and he also says women should be quiet in the church. So as a minister of the gospel, do you submit to that? I actually have a very good book that I think is worthy of you guys reading about women preaching in the church and I will post that in the comments. Tiffany Mensa says, you're about to make me throw my laptop preach. That's why it's so easy to submit to my husband because he submitted to Christ and covers and cleanses. So yeah, Michelle West says, hey everyone, SJR, would you like that onion pickle when you come to Baltimore on Friday? First of all, Michelle, mm, me, I can't imagine it. Kiana says, men take submission in the wrong context and like you said, we don't trust them to do what's right so submission is hard. Okay, so Listen, okay, are we going to rescue Fantasia? That's what I want to know. Rachel says, bruh, this is why I just want to be single. All of this requires more energy than I'm willing to put in. I'm fine my, by myself, just fine, honey. And as long as you feel that way, I think you should be by yourself. Don't be out here trying to get married because someone says that you need to be married. If you don't feel that in your spirit, don't do it because it does take work. And it does take a lot of energy. And it does take a lot of digging. And let me tell you, sometimes you don't have time for that. Marcy says, right, they need to learn the responsibility of having that submission. Okay, so it sounds like, okay, so are we going to rescue? you Fantasia or are we just saying you know what sis you tried it I see what you did there but at the end of the day it's still a no for me dog if that's how you feel I totally understand but what say ye delegation Toya says we have to remember the time and people to whom Paul was talking I know you all right that's what she says um let's see Jasmine says rescue her Trinikia says, no rescue needed. She stated facts. Tiffany says, rescue sis. First of all, and then her and her husband have been married since 2011. I know a lot of the comments I was reading was like, she just got married. She got to keep her advice to herself. But her and her husband have been married for, that's eight years. Eight years is enough time to know what you're up against when you're doing what you're doing. And those wrong relationships teach you a lot about who you are and what you need to. Kimberly says, we as women need to have some standards and not be pick-me females who will accept any type of man. Then when a good quality, good fit, good man comes into our life, we must be open to submission. You're right. So it sounds like we're going to rescue Fantasia. Oh, thank y'all so much. for. Um, I'm going to work on my Fantasia voice for the next episode. Maybe we can get her to call in and give me some lessons. D'Angela says, we are going to rescue her because she gave me her whole life at her concert. If she didn't kick her shoes off, she didn't give you her whole life. But I know she probably kicked them shoes off. Shay says, Chalice, and I love you, and I can't wait to meet you. Oh, I love you too, sis. Thank you for the love. Okay, Delicia says, rescue her. Many women have submitted to foolishness anyhow. Okay. So it sounds like we're going to rescue her. And then at the end of the day, as it relates to submission and you and your relationship, we here at the delegation want you to do what blesses you. And we're going to mind our business while you do it. I tried to add some context about what submission means and the way that it has benefited my life. And um, I think once again, what we're calling submission may ultimately come down to partnership I, you know, I wish there was another word because submission makes everyone cringe and has such a negative connotation. But at the end of the day, live your life, do your thing and live a life. This is what we're going to do. Amen. OK, this is what we're going to do. We're going to live our lives with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And if we do that, then that's going to be up to you. OK, how about that? So 
It sounds like we're going to rescue Tasia. I have one more rescue. And to be honest, I don't even know why this is a thing. I don't play with the devil. I don't play with any of his tricks. I don't play with any of his plans, his plots, or his ploys. And I don't understand why anyone else would. But evidently, folks are out here doing it. If you and your significant other are looking for a twisted way to spend some quality time together, Six Flags America is holding a challenge that will require some time spent in a box. As a part of the 30-hour couples coffin challenge, contestants who spend 30 hours in a coffin have the chance to win $600 in other prizes. $600. $600 to spend 30 hours in a coffin. Six Flags Parks have hosted other coffin challenges in the past, but this year contestants are allowed to bring a significant other, family member, or friend for some companionship. Let me tell you what I am never doing for six. How much money? Forget it, because I already know the delegation. If the delegation is who I think they are, they're not getting in a coffin for $600. So we're just going to move on from that. How much money would it take for you to get in a coffin? First of all, I'm not playing dead because I'm still alive. He came that I may have life and have it more abundantly. Why would I take this good life that the Lord has given me and then get into a coffin? Why would anyone do that? Can anyone explain it to me? Andrew says, nope, not enough money. Lauren says, I'm good, sis. Jermisha says, Sarah, I'm rescuing that whole idea. Ashley says, Lord, that coffin challenge don't come with a lot of money. It's not enough money. $600 for 30 hours. 30 hours is a whole day. They have like breaks and stuff where they can get out and get something to eat. But no, the answer is no. And who is out here doing this? I want to go to Six Flags Whenever this is, just to see the, I don't, oh, I can't call people fools. I just want to see. I will give you $600 to not get in the coffin. Psych. I'm not going to do that either. But you shouldn't get in the coffin. Just point blank, period. Karina Guilford says, what in the name of David Blaine? Heck no, $600 ain't enough. Trinitia says, Trinita, I want to say your name right. Trinita says, Six Flags is truly entertaining some demons to even think of this foolishness. And then at nighttime, when the park closes, they're still going to have like them little ghouls and zombies walking around while you in the coffin. When I say no, I mean it from the depths of my soul. You will never find me in a coffin until it is time. for. When you find me in the coffin, the Lord is taking me home. I will be absent from the body and present with the Lord. That is the only way you're going to find me in a coffin. For what? Play for what? Play there for what? No, this ain't possum. Shay says, I ain't getting in nobody's coffin. Reba Hall says, now, if the money can put a dent in my student loan debt, that we can talk about. I'm believing right now that Fannie Mae and, and Sally Mae and all them other Mays is going to just, the system is going, and the IRS while we add it, while we're declaring and prophesying over things, that the system is just going to go blank and everybody's going to owe zero before you have to get in the coffin, sis. No, I don't want you to have to do it. LaToya says, now, if they said $6 million, though, I'd have to do some serious praying on that. LaToya, if they sit, say $6 million, I'm going to take an Ambien and sleep them entire 30 hours. I'm going to wake up refreshed, blessed, and with $6 million. Amen. 
Jermisha says, I'm terrified of coffins already. D'Angela Johnson says, I would need the coffin air conditioned with hot chips. <laughs> what? And I would take a whole nap the way my kids are set up. I'm in sleep debt. Oh, I'm sorry. Is so $600? Or do you mean for $6 million? I don't want you to do it for $600. Bridget says, they doing too much. Courtney Lynn says, yes, amen. Okay. Let me tell you, I can't do them. I can't do it. I don't even know why I put this story in here because I don't know who we're rescuing. Are we going to rescue? Okay, so, uh, let me remember. And said, so, see, this is what happens. I get so caught up going off about things that I forget that I'm supposed to be rescuing folks. So I want to try and rescue the people who would get in the coffin by saying $600 is life-changing money for somebody and it is worth 30 hours in a coffin. And that's just it. That's all we can take on that. That's that's the only that's the, that's we can rescue them based off of that alone. But um I can't imagine it for me. Um Jamika says there is no amount to make me get in the casket. Lauren says we can't rescue them. They should be arrested for offering six hundred dollars. You show right. $600,000, give me some NyQuil and see y'all in 30 hours. Okay, Natalie says, nah, not for $600. Sounds like we're not rescuing. Jasmine says, nope, we are not rescuing these folks. They know what they're doing. It's dumb. No rescue, but we'll send a mighty prayer for Six Flags in there. Okay, so sounds like we're we're not going to do any rescuing. Candace says, uh, no, can't save somebody who don't want to be rescued. Danielle P says, that's $20 an hour. They can find, Danielle, first of all, where did you go to college? You must have been summa cum laude because you just broke that down. That is $20 an hour. And we can all come together and find a way to get you a job for $20 an hour. You show right. Kier says, no rescue. They need to get up and go to work if they want $600. Victoria says, girl, nope. Nope, absolutely nope. And amen to zero on student loans. Okay, all right. Well, sounds like sounds like we're not going to be doing no rescuing that. Um, I do want, Kimberly says, I make $600 in two at work at Ford. Hashtag local something something. Proud union member. I will not lay in the coffin until it's my, until it's my time. Okay, how about that? All right. Kira says, where do these people work that they can call off of work just to lay in a coffin? Nowhere, girl. That's why they laying in the coffin. But it sounds like y'all don't want to rescue them. So I guess we just going to move on from that in the first place. Let me tell you another reason I won't be getting in any caskets because everyone knows the best part of getting home is reaching your arm behind your back and allowing the girls to have freedom. I'm not spending 30 hours hemmed up and constrained for nobody Unless I have on my third love bra. See what I did there? Thanks to our sponsor, Third Love, I've been able to try out a life-changing bra. Third Love offers more than 80 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. All you have to do is answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 14 million women have taken the quiz to date. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it. 
and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com evolve now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com evolve for 15% off today. Let me tell you, I actually did get one, and it was a blessing to my life. So I want you guys to try it. And you don't have anything to lose because you... You can wear it, wash it, and return it if you don't like it. So how about that? Boom. Now, first of all, just so everyone's clear, y'all going to get these ads. So you might as well buckle your seatbelt and see how I'm going to tie them in from week to week because you're going to get them. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say amen. Okay, so now it's time for us to do Hail Mary. Hail Mary is one of my favorite parts of this show because we get an opportunity to celebrate people who are out here doing amazing things in the news. Just so y'all know, Jasmine is out here commending the kids. She says, sis better have these segues to the ad. And we did it. And we did it. Okay. Jessica says, shout out to the sponsors. Yes, thank you guys. Because listen, I got kids and I got bills and I can't lay in no coffin for 30 hours. So this, that's it. That's what we're going to do. Okay, listen. Now, back to Hail Mary. Let me tell y'all who came through. And I just... You have to give honor where honor is due. Uh, we had to rescue some of these people, um, this particular entity, this particular organization. We had to rescue them a few seasons ago. And this year, we're giving them a Hail Mary. First of all, that's a word for somebody. God will turn your season around. One week, this is a word. You better let it get down in your spirit. Put your finger up so you can receive it. It's an antenna for the spirit realm. Put your finger up. You could be need in need of a rescue one season and be Hail Mary the next season. That's how fast my God will turn it around. Okay. How about that? H&M. I am giving a Hail Mary to H&M because y'all thought y'all had them bound up. Ah, come on, somebody. I feel a word coming. Y'all thought y'all had H&M bound up. But the truth is, they turned around and fixed the very thing that y'all thought they was out here doing incorrectly. How about that? H&M says, um, for those of you unfamiliar, first of all, let me fill you in. H&M said, um, H&M posted a photo of a little black girl whose hair appeared to not be done. And black social media went into an uproar. We were livid about it. We were upset, okay? And we were upset because we said, you know what? Somebody should have combed her hair. Somebody should have given her some cornrows. Somebody should have given her some box braids. And this is what's wrong. And we knew it, we need inclusivity and we need diversity at H&M. We had all of our points and laid out. And let me tell you that H&M left us a statement regarding this particular photo shoot. And in the statement, it says, 
We are aware of the comments regarding one of our models for H&M kids. We truly believe that all kids should be allowed to be kids. The school-age kids who model for us come to the photo studio in the afternoon after school, and we aim for a natural look, which reflects that. The thing is this, when I looked at all of the pictures of all of the other little girls and all of the other little kids, their hair wasn't done either. But I think because we are um, so used to us being presented in a certain manner that we were taken aback from that. But the thing is that H&M said this really wasn't our fault. This is how this little girl went to school. So I want to ask you guys, is this H&M's fault or did we find some type of issue with the parents? And more deeply, more importantly, is there something wrong with our hair in its natural state, not brushed and put together? Maybe I should have put this on rescue because the Hail Mary is supposed to be clear. But as I see the delegation chiming in, it sounds like they not going for it. Karina says, let us know first. Okay, Keisha says, helps because I can't on this one, but God. Karen says, I still think H&M be trying us. Miss Andrew says, it's a movement of natural hair things going on, and this was not one. They could have applied moisturizer or something. Delisha says, with the wild hair ad, H&M says, got to be quicker than that. Natalie says, H&M is sick of black social media is. Amir says, it's not H&M's fault that black people don't like their own hair. This is okay. So this is Amira has brought up an incredible point because the little girl, the little white girls, little Latina girls, the little pictures I saw of little girls and their hair was in ponytails and they had the, all these little flyaways like they had just gone off the playground swing. It didn't seem like white people were in an uproar about that, but we were in an uproar about the natural state of our hair. And Amir brings up an incredible point. We do not like the natural state of our hair as black people. We like our edges to be laid to look a little bit like we got our mix with something, okay? And then we like the, the definition in our curls. Being natural, let me tell you why I'm not going to be natural. Because all of the work I have to put in won't make my hair natural anyway. For all of the work I'm going to put in, I might as well braid this hair up, slap a wig on it, or slap in some bundles and move about my life. Because it's not natural for real, Lanisha says natural and dry are totally different. And it says, she says, nope, not H&M fault. If they put a long blonde wig, we would have said something. Ashley says there were other pictures of her and her hair was in a fro and it was cute. Uh, let's see. Kena says, no, ma'am, this has caused a big buzz in the beauty industry. Jamisha says, I wouldn't have allowed my child to be photographed for a public campaign, nor would I have. But what I'm saying is H&M said this is not this is not really on us. If we have a problem, then we need to take this up with the people who let her go to school. But the truth is, like, should we have a problem with it in the first place? I can tell you right now, I'm not a, at a place inwardly where I could just walk around with my hair just straight out some water and into the world with confidence. I can't imagine it. Maybe I have been colonized and my mind no longer recognizes the full beauty of my hair and my natural tresses. But for, I... I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. And and evidently, we don't like to see other people doing it. Jamie says, H&M always have these issues concerning beautiful black kids. Tamika says, no, it's, it's not totally different. I missed that. Delina says, they should have brushed her hair a little. I didn't like it. Should they have done it? Should her mother have done it? I don't think it's H&M's fault. Marcy says, not H&M's fault. Who's minding the children? 
Justina says she's telling the truth. I believe it was thrown out of proportion. I do too. Tasia says she um Tasia says if her mama was okay with it, why do we have an issue? I'm just I was glad for H and M because H and M says, you know what? I'm not going to apologize for this one. Now, there have been some things that they have had to apologize for. And I just think on a on a deeper level, outside of whether or not we agree with H&M's politics or, or whether or not we believe that they are constantly trying black people, that it feels nice just personally. Let's take this personally for a moment. It feels nice to finally be right when you've been wrong. And I think that H&M pulled through with a right this time, and I just wanted to give them a Hail Mary for that. Sounds like the delegation is not totally with me. Some are, some aren't. But I don't know. I thought it was something for us to consider. Stacy says, so I'm still confused. So the little girl came that way, and they continued with the shoot. What's the problem? Sounds like they felt her mother was okay okay with her hair. For I'm sure. First of all, let's be honest. They're pro- Well, the... Um, the oh gosh, I forget her title, but she's like in charge of inclusivity and diversity at H and M, and she posted a picture of herself as a younger girl with a very similar hairstyle, and basically talked about how this is her and her natural state, and this every black woman can identify with the picture that we saw. And now we've got a little girl who's walking around who feels like, you know, culturally, if she doesn't look a certain way or have her hair done a certain way, that we're going to take issue with it. And the truth is, you know, there is some truth to that. But I just, I don't know. I felt like H&M got one in on y'all and we had to give them a Hail Mary. Renee says, I hope the little girl doesn't hear about the comments and it affects her self-esteem. Literally was just saying that. Angela Jackson says, they was mad at Bay and Jay as well. Let's quit tripping off hair. Sheesh. Yeah. Margaret says, sorry, sis. Can't do this one. All right. I understand. It was a stretch. It was a stretch. And I understand that. Barbara says, pondering. I'm just tired of H&M. Bella says, no H&M with the mess. I don't care how many $5 outfit. All right. Okay. So sound like sound like I tried it with that one. That's all right. I've had to be rescued before and I'll have to be rescued again. All right, listen. I got another Hell Joseph for you. Hell Joseph is what we call a man who's out here doing something in the news. Generally, we call it Hail Mary, but when a guy is out here doing something, we decide to show him some love. And today that person is Robert F. Smith. Earlier this year, we reported about billionaire Robert F. Smith's extreme generosity when he decided to pay off the student loan debt for the entire 2019 graduating class of Morehouse. Well, the blessings just keep rolling. Smith has now included the debt of the parents of those students in his massive pay it forward act. You heard us right. Robert F. Smith will be paying off the student loan debt of all 400 Morehouse graduates and any debts their parents accrued on their behalf. Smith originally provided a grant to the university somewhere in the estimated $34 million range that would be used for the sole purpose of eliminating student debt. Now, listen, let me tell you, that's a blessing. Not only will they be out of debt, but their parents will be out of debt as well. So I thought that that was cool. Kiana says, yes, I'm so with this. We're giving a hell, Joseph, to Robert F. Smith. Marquita says, can he help a sister out? Listen, because some of us are thinking about getting in coffins for X amount of money. So if he's out here, if you're in the blessing business, we know that you can stop by our address. Lynette Robinson says, wow, that's amazing. Karen Dennis says, 
says, yes, that's a blessing. And Gael says, my God today, a major blessing it was indeed. And something that I thought was worthy of sharing with sharing with you. Christina says, can you come to my town and bless us? Listen, we're, I bet you know how many letters I bet he's receiving of people asking for their breakthrough. I bet that he has so many people. Trinikia says, someone tell him his cousin said, hey, hey, somebody's sending a hey, big head text right now to Robert F. Smith. But definitely want to say hell, Joseph, to him. I thought that was major. Our next Hail Mary. I thought this was totally dope and should be an inspiration to every woman who is trying to climb the ladder and create businesses and still be a mother and take care of things at home. Audrey Gelman and Eek Magazine is receiving a high level of praise after releasing its female founders issue on Wednesday featuring a visibly pregnant CEO, the very first to grace the cover of a business publication. 32-year-old CEO of The Wing, the network of work and community spaces designed for women, did the honor of representing working mothers and moms-to-be after being selected for the cover. I thought that this was amazing because... I run a women's empowerment brand, but I also have to navigate a lot of corporate sectors and deal with a lot of um, systems that aren't historically kind or gracious towards, you know, like working mothers and the, you know, true weight that comes with that. And sometimes you want to hide your femininity, whether you are pregnant or you're nursing or you're just a woman in the only woman in a boardroom. And I thought that Audrey Gelman stepping out there and normalizing the fact that women can still be bosses and bear babies and businesses at the same time was really, really dope. And I think we need to see more images like that so that we don't believe that we have to choose between our career and our family. The more that we are able to normalize it, the more acceptable it will be in culture. And I think corporations have a responsibility to really make space for women who are doing things like this. So I thought um, for women, period, to be the fullness of who they are in their positions without fear of retaliation or job loss because they have to take off time because they are having a baby or they need a nursing room at the office. And so, yeah, Audrey Gelman and Inc. Magazine. Let's see what the delegation says. Keisha Howard says, strong enough to bear children, then get back to business. That's right. Rachel says, you just worded they sleeping on me because I'm a woman so well. Basically, that's exactly what happens. Tanisha says, so dope. Why hasn't this been done before? This should be the norm. Indeed, because when you think a woman in business, you don't think about her being pregnant or to think that she could one day. Like there have been so many times where I've read leadership books or read stories about women who were released because they got pregnant or asked inappropriate questions in a job interview about whether or not they planned on having families because corporations were trying to plan on whether or not they would have time off and ultimately the business suffer. And the thought that you can't do both and do them well has alienated a lot of women to give up on their dreams of being career women or to give up on their idea of having a family. And I just don't believe you have to choose. You may have to work a little harder. You may have to structure your life in a way that you can win. But at the end of the day, I'm one of those women who believe that you can have it all. 
Angela Jackson says, let mamas be great. Kimberly Sanders says, yes, she did that dope woman. Jermisha says, bosses, babies, and businesses. That's a word. Kiara says, that's awesome. Representation matters in a major way. So, yeah, so we're giving a big ups to Audrey Gelman because the truth is being a working mother and being a working mom, um, working wife can be really challenging when you're trying to hold everything down. And every now and then you just need something for yourself. You just need to take time for yourself to remember that you matter and to have something that makes you excited. Sometimes like what makes me excited is like what builds the house. Like, oh my gosh, I got (laughs) dinner done before seven and everyone's eaten and it turned out well. Like those are the things that give me joy when I'm able to just live in my function in a way that everything flows. But I hardly ever do things. Let me tell you, sis, bro. Let me tell you, I went to the spa yesterday and probably had one of the worst massages in my whole life. It was painful. Um, I asked for medium pressure. I don't know if medium means something different somewhere else, but she tried to take me out. I'm not saying that I wanted to fight her, but I did have to remind myself that violence is not the answer. And my day was pretty much going a little bit down the drain on Monday. And so when I got home, After a really long day and was trying to figure out whether or not I was going to order food or make my children eat cereal, I had this large package waiting on me, and that made me excited. I opened up the package, and it was from... Fab Fit Fun. And I actually got excited because I had no idea what was going to be in the box. And it was something that I knew was just going to be for me. And so I opened it with a little anticipation. First of all, the box is like huge. It's like probably like two shoe boxes in one, which you just know if there's two shoe boxes in one, it's going to basically be a lot of goodies and a lot of goodies there were. So for those of you unfamiliar, FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box with full size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. My box had this moisturizing souffle in it that I immediately opened up and like just started seeing how it would feel. And my hands felt like 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 a baby. My hand felt like wisdom and grace and just love. It felt like an old grandmother's hand who had just been loving on people her whole life. And when you just touch them, it automatically felt like grace and peace. And let me tell you, that's what that moisturizing souffle and the sugar cube exfoliant, which I was really excited to receive. I desperately need to keep my skin nice and smooth. It's sent straight to your home every season. Each box is customized to your specific interests. Evidently, these boxes sell out fast though. So if you're interested in getting one, I suggest that you sign up fast. You can go take a look on the FabFitFun website and check out the brand and the products they have. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value over $200. And because you are a Woman Evolve listener, you can use the code EVOLVE for $10 off your first box at www.fabfitfun.com. Again, that's use the coupon code EVOLVE Evolve for $10 off your first box at fatfitfun.com. Got him, coach. <laughs> That's two. Snuck them in there on you. Just you didn't even know what was happening. It was just like one minute we was here, the next minute we was there, and eh, 
that? There it is now. Okay, and Jasmine says, yes, I love how you reel in these sponsors. Jean says, Fat Fit Fun is the stuff, man. It was amazing. I was really excited. Lynette says, come on, transitions. Jermisha says, Sarah, in these ads. Let me tell you how exciting it is for me to have these sponsors because I just sit at home at night thinking about how I'm going to connect the dots without y'all trying to skip through these sponsors because you're going to get them, okay? You mess around and skip and now I'm into another story or I'm telling my business and you miss something. So you got to sit here and take all 60 seconds of them. God bless you, okay? Amen and amen again. Justina says, can I sign up for the advertising session? I'm just saying, since you rock so versatile, pray for me, okay? I'm over here nervous, okay? Jamie says, these ad transitions are like being in class with your bestie and watching her give a presentation. I love it because she's out here trying to live her best life. I'm trying to be a professional in this season. Do you know what time it is? It's time for our advice section. This is when we just take a moment to help the delegation. The delegation be out here struggling and in need of sisterhood and support. And so we're going to take a minute and just see what's happening in the lives of our folks, see how we can help them out. This story, um, it really broke my heart because I feel for my girl. I'm going to get into it. It says, hey, SJR, I hope all is well with you and your family. My father and I have a pretty much torn relationship at this point. He's been in my life all of my life. I'm 27 years young, but he's also been a drug addicted the same amount of time. Here's where the problem lies. He doesn't take accountability for anything he does. For years, I have allowed it to slide. I'm tired. I tell him how I feel about the things that he does, and he dismisses it or shuts me down. We make plans to do things, and he sends me up for drugs and calls me the next day like it's no big deal. As much as I want to say it doesn't bother me, it hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. Okay, I want him to do better. I understand I can't make him. My question to you is how can I maintain respect for him but distance myself to avoid disappointments? So one of the things that I wanted to tell you that um, maybe you've heard before, maybe you haven't, but like addiction is the is a disease and we have to find a way to separate the person from the disease, right? So if a person has cancer, we don't forget that there's a person underneath that. So your dad is still a person up underneath that, but right now he is certainly struggling with a disease. And unfortunately, this disease is not just eating away at him, it is eating away at you too. I want to give you permission to put some distance between yourself and your father's disease while maintaining the fact that your father in the best version of himself, you love and respect. But for your own mental wellness and your own mental health, you have to be willing to distance yourself. You can't expect someone who is a drug addict to take accountability for their actions or to be dependable or reliable. It's just not in their makeup. The disease, the addiction keeps them from being who you need them to be in the moment. And a lot of times addiction keeps people from being who they want to be. They don't want to be ravaging up relationships. They don't want to be messing up their life. And the drugs provide an escape for, for them 
to keep them from having to deal with the consequences of their actions. Neither of those things have to be your responsibility in this moment. There are tons of support groups that I want to suggest that you look up in your area. I'm not sure where you are, but there are support groups for people who are the family of family and friends of people who are struggling with addictions. Um, maybe if you can't afford it, you know, you should look into some therapy if you're not ready to actually go into a doctor's office. Of course, we have um, incredible sponsors through BetterHelp. And I just want you to really take inventory of your own life and how his addiction has affected you and your perspective on self, your perspective on your value and worth, perhaps even on relationships. And I want you to really begin to reach for the best version of yourself and pray that one day he will have the strength to do the same. And I think that as you really determine what healthy boundaries look like for you, you can determine in what ways you can engage him. Maybe it's not at all. Maybe it's once a month. I'm not sure what your pattern's going to be, but I do know that right now you need to take some time and really focus on your own healing and your own wholeness. You asked me, how can I maintain respect for him but distance myself to avoid disappointments? I think you definitely distance yourself. And part of maintaining respect is realizing that he is not his addiction, that that addiction is a disease. And the best version of him um, wants to show up for you. The best version of him wants to be an incredible father for you. The best version of him he hasn't tapped into yet. And so you have respect for the best version of who he is for those glimpses of love and hope and restoration that has kept you as a part of his life for the last 27 years. But you do have to distance yourself so that you can be well. Let's see what the delegation says. Lauren Stovall says, I work in substance abuse education. I have resources to assist. Lauren, please drop those in this Facebook Live so that we can get her all of the support she needs and those who are listening. Latifah says, the addiction is taking over his life. You have to pray for him. He doesn't see it as standing you up. The drugs are controlling him. Love him, but protect yourself. Get help. Seek God. Denisha says, my father lost his battle to addiction last year. I wish I would have done more to get him the help he needed instead of being angry with him for not being who I wanted him to be. Maybe you're able to stage an intervention. Maybe there's hope there. I haven't been in this situation, so I definitely don't want to tell you exactly what you should or should not do. But I definitely want to give you permission to seek your own wholeness and wellness so that even if you are in his life, you're able to engage in a way that helps him and doesn't hurt you in the process. Kendia says, man, that has to be tough praying for her. Protect your heart. Jasmine says, that addiction is a spirit and needs to be cast out. That's one way to look at it. And casting out can be rehab. It can be therapy. And of course, we can pray. And spiritually, there are things that we can do as believers. I want to see what else the delegation is thinking about with our sis who's in trouble. Sharonda says addiction is a disease and she should practice boundaries while still loving him. Let's see. And yeah, Jasmine says yes, love him as love him from a distance. So it sounds like the delegation is kind of all in agreement that it is possible for you to distance yourself. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that you won't have your own um, experiences to process. As you distance yourself, you'll probably begin to notice like 
some of the areas where you do have pain or where you do have disappointment as a result of what you experience with him. So perhaps the distancing isn't even about him and it's about you. And if during that time you feel like you are in a position where you can stage an intervention, then you should um, seek the best way to do that. Tarsha says he is sick. He has to want to change. You have to do what's best for you. I'm glad you told him how you really feel, and I pray he will come around. Me too. Definitely we will be praying for you. Adrian Westbrook says, yes, it affects all. Well said, SJR. So, okay, um, we're praying for you, sis. Sorry you're in that situation um, and praying that God just continues to give you clarity and strategy on how you should move in your next. This uh, next question actually made me think that for Woman Evolve TV that I'm going to do a series, like a mentorship series for women who are considering ministry. But this says, hi, Pastor Sarah, just in case you stumble across my message, I know you have thousands of them. When you got super serious about learning your word, how did your studying of the Bible shift? For example, did you study an extra two hours per week? What did the scope of your study look like? For example, did you start with revisiting familiar Bible stories? How did you pace yourself? I know these questions could be posed to many teachers. However, the way you minister the word is in a way that I understand and comprehend. And I felt, why shouldn't I ask you? So I, I get this question or similar questions to it quite frequently. And so I'm going to share a little bit of my process. I'm going to break these questions down and try and answer everything you ask me. So when I got super serious about, I didn't get super serious about <laughs> learning my word. I got super serious about wanting to understand who God is um, I didn't just want to like learn my Bible for the sake of just like knowing my Bible. Like I had an intention about like really understanding the character of God and the way that he shows up, the way that he leads and guides and supports. And so I got really intentional about looking at the Bible, trying to understand the character of God as it relates to humanity's imperfection. And so when I look at it, like I literally like sometimes have to like close my mind and imagine from like all of these old movies that I've seen, like what it was like to be like maybe Jesus, like walking around with sandals on in the middle of the day with throngs of people around him and feeling a woman touch the hem of his gar garment. So like I literally visualize what's happening in the moment. And then I'm like, okay, so Jesus is being effective in his call and people are surrounding him, but he's on a mission. And so he has to stay focused and not be distracted by the fact that people are pulling on him from every direction. Well, who can't relate to that? Like maybe you're finally in school, but you've got friends and you've got family and you've got teachers and all of these people are pulling at you. And then there's this moment, right, where someone touches the hem of Jesus's garment. Okay. So now we know what it's like, maybe in some small way to be Jesus in a moment moment of high demand, but let's also look at what it means to be someone who needs help in the middle of that high demand, who needs a different type of help. And so what is it like to be this woman pushing past people? Like I literally visualize these as people and not just like me reading this old ancient book, like this really happened and how do I visualize visualize how it really happened so I can extract the lessons and the courage and the wisdom and the strategy connected to that moment. And so 
I love looking at it like that when I look at the letters that Paul wrote. Like, <laughs> I actually just posted a message about um, on Woman Evolved TV. It's a message I preached when we were in England, and it's about Paul becoming, well, Saul becoming Paul, and how God used this pause in the middle of Saul's journey to Damascus and ended up transforming his life. And I literally thought to myself, how many people can understand moments of like, I'm on a mission that I think is going to work out one particular way, and then everything seems like it's paused, but I become a new person in the middle of that pause. So I called it pregnant pause. So actually putting myself in a person's shoes and envisioning what's happening happening really helps me to see wisdom and clues in a story. And I just read it as I feel led. And sometimes I just open my Bible and see what shows up. Other times I like study, you know, the Kings or I study women in the Bible, but it's been really helpful for me to see them as people and not just reading like this old story. Terry Raglan says, and how you pace your breathing pattern. This happens to me sometimes when I am training. Uh, I'm also, um, I don't think I'm actually really good at pacing my breathing pattern when I'm speaking because I generally get nervous and I just start speaking really fast when I get nervous. So I am reminding myself so early on in my message, <laughs> you can tell that I'm like kind of paced and I have a rhythm because I'm trying to like build a foundation and build a story. And then like when, you know, the Holy Ghost get a hold of your girl and things start taking off, I can start to peak, uh, pick up my pace a little bit. And that actually makes me kind of self-conscious because, you know, I'm like stumbling over words and I'm like trying to get over the music. But at the end of the day, that ends up being kind of like the most effective part of my message. And so if I can remember, I try to remember to breathe, but I think that a lot of that just comes with experience. So Latanya says, that's good. Visualize can provide so much empathy and you feel what they went through. Exactly. And it's very, very helpful. Uh, so yeah, Trina Kia says, yep, I see it every time. So Keisha says, whatever you be doing, demons be fleeing. Well, that's, that's the point. When we get up there, we don't get up there to just entertain. We want people to really be changed and transformed and to feel empowered to walk in the destiny God has with them. God has for them. Jamie says, no one would think you get nervous. No way. Yes, honey. Every single time. I'm actually writing my next book and I'm so excited about it. And writing for me is like (laughs) my, someone asked me yesterday, what is your writing process? And I said, writing for me is like speaking English. Like I can just open up the computer and begin flowing. Like words are my thing. I love them so much. I love to write poetically. I love to write with a rhythm. It's how I process. It's how I understand who I have become. And so I'm writing my next book. I'm really excited about just the journey of writing. Like I was writing on the airplane from Atlanta. So it's like a thing. But speaking for me, speaking is really, really challenging. Sometimes when we're at church or we're having a staff meeting, my husband will be like, hey, babe, do you want to say anything? And he passes me the mic. I'm like, no, I'm good. Because like I have to like really work up to like stand in front of people. And the only thing that makes me confident when I'm standing in front of people is knowing that I have something to say from God. And that gives me the confidence I need to show up and to really do whatever he wants me to do in that moment. Someone actually asked me, how do you choose what scripture to read? Like I said, sometimes I just open up the book and see what comes out. 
Another thing that is helpful when studying is like to read different translations of the text. So I read from New King James Version when I'm preaching. My father reads from King James Version because he's like, it's old and he's old and that's how he likes to do his thing. But I think also mixing it up, like sometimes looking at the New International Version, sometimes looking at the message translation. I have a software called Logos, which is like a software for you know, Bible scholars, preachers, theologians, and I can look up the origin of the word because a lot of times the word that was originally in the manuscript that was discovered that actually compiled the Bible has been translated to an English word that is somewhere in the vicinity of what that word means, but isn't always the exact word. And sometimes tracing that word down can be really helpful. Um, I wish I had an example, but if I do this series on Woman Evolve TV where I just talk about like maybe mentorship for women in ministry. I also want to do one for um, events and for women in business, because as a small business owner, I'm learning a lot of things that I think can be helpful for people as they consider their businesses and pursuing what God has called them to do. So if I do that, I'll make sure that I break down, you know, all of these different words and give you insight on how to study it. But at the end of the day, your girl is just surrendered. Okay. And I just do what God has called me to do. And that's that. How about that? Okay. So um, I have one more for you. Oh, and this one I'm really excited about. Okay. Are you ready? You're not ready. Okay. So I have fallen off the wagon of health because I work out and then I eat carbs, which doesn't help because I'm building muscle and fat at the same time. And the goal is to lose weight and to not eat carbs and to work out. But sometimes I'm only one person and I have downloaded this app. I'm serious. I want you guys to get this app. I want us to do it together. There's a two week free trial. So no excuses. Please get the app. Let's do this together. They put you in a support group. The app is called Noom. And so Noom is about really helping you understand not just like what you should be doing, but why you're doing what you're doing. So like I said, sometimes I feel like I do one thing well at the expense of letting the other thing fall off. And lately that has been my eating habits. I tell myself every single day I need to cut bread, sugar, dairy, and carbs. I just ate pasta before going live on this podcast. It was broccoli pasta um, with a little, um, is it rigatoni? It was all spiraled up. It's little four seeds pasta in um, in the broccoli. It was good. Anyway, I tell myself every single day I need to cut bread, sugar, dairy, and carbs, but I'm usually eating cake when I think that thought. Honestly, for me, getting in shape isn't just about losing weight. I need to consistently eat well and have overall healthier habits. I want to love the skin I'm in 24-7. So I've downloaded this app called Noom to help me get my life on track. Noom, that is N as in Nancy, O-O-M as in mom, is a habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. It's based in psychology and teaches you why you do the things you do and arms you with tools to break the bad habits and replace them. So if you're like me and you're ready to get your life back on the back on track. No food is good, bad, or off limits. Noom teaches moderation and can be used in conjunction with many pre-existing popular diets. So you don't have to change it just because you're doing keto. I'm not trying to mess up your life. You don't have to change your life in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom. That is N-O-O-N. 
Noom.com slash evolve. What do you have to lose? Just visit Noom.com slash evolve to start your trial today. That's Noom.com evolve, the last weight loss program you'll need. So I can't wait to tell you guys about what I experienced while on this. I filled out this like little quiz. It was fancy. So you had this quiz and it's like, what's your reason for losing weight? And it's like, why? And then ask you why again. So like you get down to the heart of it. And so at first it was like, let me tell you, when I filled out the quiz, I was like, what is my reason for losing weight? I want to be so skinny that people hand me a sandwich when they see me. That's my reason. And they were like, why? And I was like, um, because I want to look good in my clothes. And they were like, why? And I said, well, because I really want to set a rhythm of being healthy for my family. And they were like, why? (laughs) They just kept asking me why until we drilled it down. And ultimately, my reason why, like at the core of my being, is like I really want to set a standard of health for my children and for my family. And, you know, looking good in your clothes is fine, but like being able to run (laughs) and for your heart to be strong and for your blood pressure to be regular and to not be pre-diabetic is a lot better. And so um, that takes a lot of work. Like I pray, God, Jesus, if you are listening and you just want to let us eat whatever we want to and be healthy, I would not stop you from doing that. But until that happens, I have to take responsibility and accountability for my life. And so I can't wait to report back and let you guys know what Noom has done for me. Okay, child. Listen. All right. You know what time it is. It's time for that snack. I don't know about you, but last week's snack really helped me out a lot. And this week, let me tell you, I am preparing to go on the road for the Night in the Wild tour. So just to break down my schedule to you guys, you guys are on Facebook Live, so you're going to be with me for the entire journey. So uh, I am going to Baltimore on Friday. I'm going to be in Wichita, Kansas on Saturday. On Sunday, we'll be at church. And then we leave Sunday night, like on a red eye, to go to Baltimore where we will get on a bus with four of our children. The other two will meet us on the road and we will be on a bus for two straight weeks. And I love being at home. I am a homebody. I just, there's no place I'd rather be. When people cancel plans and you're supposed to be going out, like I am the person who rejoices when they cancel plans because I wasn't getting dressed and I was trying to figure out a way to tell you I wasn't coming anyway. That is my life, okay? So I have to prepare, though, to distance myself from my comfort zone so that I can live in the realm of my purpose. And a part of me doing that is realizing that where I am really at home, where like I am really at home is not where I am comfortable, but it is in the awkward, vulnerable place of my purpose. I don't know what your purpose is. I don't know what God has called you to do and that thing that is burning down on the inside of you. But I do know this. Sometimes you can't stay at home and pursue purpose at the same time. And I want to give you permission while I prepare to be on the road. Literally next week, I will be Facebook living from the bus, I think, for our podcast. And I am going to be living in the realm of my purpose. And I want you to join me on this journey 
for the next two weeks, I want to ask you to begin to distance yourself from your comfort zone and in some capacity begin to make moves towards your purpose, intentional moves, not just talking about it, but literally doing it, being about your purpose. Maybe you have music that needs to come out. We're waiting for you. Write the songs. Start saving up for the studio time. If you already have the money, girl, schedule that studio time. Maybe you need to write the book. Maybe you need to apply for that job. Maybe it's time for you to go back to school. I don't know what's been burning down on the inside of you, but for the next two weeks, I am abandoning the place that I call home to come and touch the lives of thousands of women to inspire and empower them to become the God version of who they can be. I'm going to be rebuking devils and and praying demons out of cities because I believe that all of us are possible in living in the highest version of ourselves. And I would be a hypocrite if I did not put myself in a position to be uncomfortable so that other women could become unstoppable. And I'm just praying that I don't have to do it alone. So if you're listening and you know this is for you, I want you to step out on faith and I want you to live in the realm of uncomfortable so that we can determine what unstoppable is connected to your name. This world needs you. And I need you too. And I would feel so much better. I'm just going to bring like a little bit of my comfort zone on the road because I'm going to feel a lot better if you would do it with me so I don't have to do it by myself. Okay, child. So no more excuses. Get your life together. All right. We got two weeks to at least put a dent in this thing. That's podcast title right there. Put a dent in it. You got two weeks to put a dent in it. Start doing something. And whatever it is you start doing, slide into my DMs on Instagram. Leave us a comment on Facebook and let us know what you are putting a dent in. Because sis, it's time for us to be popping 24-7. We don't have time for slacking. Okay, I posted something this week. Ain't no quit in our blood. Okay, so let's get it. Let's go for it. And let's go stronger than we were before. Let's see if that's resonating with the delegation. Jasmine says, wow, SMH, that was confirmation. Need to get in the studio. Jamie says, becoming unstoppable so other women can becoming <laughs> become uncomfortable so that women can be unstoppable. That's right, Jamie. That's what we do every single day. That's why we're growing. Karen says, I feel at home in my purpose. That's so, so good. Lovey says, yes, NITW homework. Let's get out of our comfort zone. Bless your soul. Christiana says, thank you. I'm writing the agenda for my podcast now. Let us know when you post your podcast. We want to support you. Tina says, this word is definitely for me. I've been asked to do something I've never done before next week. I'm going crazy. All right. So we got two weeks to put a dent in that thing. All right. I'm praying for everyone who is being dragged out of the strong knee society. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Do your squats, do your lunges. Let nothing keep you from the promises God has for you or your knees, okay? Can't close this out without having a little bit of prayer. So, Father, we thank you for our time together as sisters. God, we covered some things today about submission that maybe brought up some issues that we've had in previous relationships. And even with my girl sharing about her father and his addiction and my sister who wants to be in ministry and wants to figure out how she can study so many different topics, so many different lanes of life, but you, God, hold the key 
the plans and the strategy that ultimately makes all of our paths cross in your kingdom. Because when one of us does well, another does well. So God, as we plan to put a dent in our journey of wholeness, in our journey of becoming and purpose, we're praying, God, that you would just open our eyes. Maybe there's someone listening and they're saying to themselves, I don't even know what my purpose is. God, let's help them to understand that their first purpose is to live a life that is worthy of the breath you put in their lungs. So God, we ask that you would give them power to activate all of the things that they know they should be doing. And as they act the things that they know that you would reveal things to them that have been unknown for the mysteries of God cannot be activated until we activate what we know to do. And when our human potential runs out, yours kicks in. So God, we're just praying that you would order our steps, that you would give us the strength to take them, the confidence to trust them, and the power to keep moving even when we feel afraid. God, I thank you for this sisterhood and for this time together. I'm literally better as a result of it. I love you. I love them. Cover us, protect us, and help us to continue to evolve. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.